you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Line podcast. James Coe here with you, broadcasting live out of the closet it is Resistance Radio for you out there in fancy mm. uh, Joined alongside by the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhart. What's up? The Resistance is up and running. We, you know, I'm glad we could get this signal out because it was raining in Los Angeles today. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare <laughs> scenario. I liked the uh, the radar picture you put in there, Franchise. There's like yeah. three tiny spots of green and people are losing their minds yeah, in yeah. the city. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, the uh, 362 other days that I carry my umbrella in my car. Uh, <laughs> this was not one of them. <laughs> It was all worth it for today. Oh. <laughs> we got Matt Harmon here as well. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Just, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really have any good things to say right now. No, no good not. things to say. <laughs> You're starting wow. off the podcast. Well, hot, I mean, no good yeah. things. <laughs> so, okay. I'm just not right. prepared. Okay. I wasn't prepared. Sorry. Can we start over? Can no, we start we, the whole show over? We cannot. Well, we then, cannot. That's fine. We all already right. got our <coughs> mandatory weather bit in. We cannot we start the show over. Why do we have to have a weather bit? Why are we talking about? Because we live in a while. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's true because Marcus normally is the one who's like, Yes. Well, it's 67 degrees here at Los Angeles, but now he doesn't hang out with us anymore because uh, he's too famous. That was a famous. bad impression of Marcus. So really bad Marcus I impression. <laughs> I don't have a good Marcus impression. Uh, we also have Matt Franchise here as well. What's going on? I'm super excited and yeah, ready buddy. to go. Let's here go. We go. Here we go. We're going to have team coverage covering all the angles of the weather in L.A. today. <laughs> team coverage. Uh, no, actually, we're going to be talking about fantasy football today. Uh, there are six teams on a bye. The Bears, the Browns, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Vikings. And the Patriots. If you've got those assets, get them out of your starting lineup, and we will give you some sleepers today. We're going to talk about trade calls, players to drop. Why should you drop Roth Kelly? Trade calls. Why should you sell Tom Brady? Wow. We will give you some deep sleepers as well. Wow. Uh, we're also going to be digging into some NGS stats, next-gen stats for you, and, of course, we will cover – Every damn game as well. But we start your show as we always do with your top headlines. News. There's so much news today. News, uh, news, there news. are quite a bit of headlines news. here. Uh, news. Uh, Josh <laughs> Gordon, conditionally reinstated by the league. 
So he is back. The legend of Josh Gordon is unbelievable. The buzz in the fantasy streets is palpable. Uh, yet yeah. this is despite the, the the last time he played, man, was in 2014. We are in 2017 right now. <laughs> it's been uh, it's crazy. What's the stat? Like 1,200 something. Over 1, days. 1,046 days since he played. He played in 2014. He played five games. He had 24 receptions on a 51% catch rate, a meager 303 yards, zero touchdowns. And yet he is, right now, one of the most added players in fantasy football. My timeline is just hmm. littered with Josh Gordon questions for absolutely no reason. All right, we'll go well. to Matt Harmon. Uh, what are your thoughts on his reinstatement? I mean, there's a reason that people are asking all these questions because, you know, at his peak, which obviously was literally thousands of days ago, uh, he was <laughs> – When was his peak? 2013? 2013? Yeah, 2013. Because it wasn't 2014. No, no, no. It wasn't 2014, but that 2013 season he was – I mean, he was outrageously good, and he was outrageously good with horrible quarterbacks, you know, Jason Campbell in his last stand in the NFL. Brandon wow. Don't slander Jason Campbell. No, I'm just kidding. That was his last stand. I mean, that's a fact, right? I mean, he was gone after that. We never saw him again. Uh, or was did he, he popped up with the Packers, didn't he, or something like that? I don't know. But very, anyways, very sad. Po point is, journeyman Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon back when he was only 40 years old. <laughs> uh, so, it, it, you know, he showed an ability to produce at a really high level with bad quarterbacks. That being said, so that's the memory of that is obviously still in people's mind. 2013. Um, it's a long time ago. <laughs> so long. So <laughs> there's a lot of hurdles to for him to overcome to be anything relevant this year, not to mention he can't even play until, what, like late November, December? He can't even he can't practice return, until right. late November, much less play. Like, right. wow. Again, the dude hasn't taken an NFL snap since 2014. He's going to need a little time. Even if he's been working out, yeah. going to need a little time. Yeah. I, I think he's completely irrelevant this year. I think he is completely irrelevant. For fantasy. For like. fantasy, too, yeah. I think there's, I'm happy for him. I'm yeah. pulling for him. He's got a great story. It's just – Get out of my – I mean, I'm, literally people are dropping <laughs> Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. They're dropping Cooper Cup for jo – stop. What are you guys doing out there? Yeah. It so doesn't make sense. I think, I think the reason people are doing that too is because, you know, maybe right here during the bye weeks, obviously it helps to have guys like Cooper Cup, guys like Marvin Jones, you know, whatever, to help get you through – a stretch that you need some help but when it comes to week 12 you know week 13 14 that sort of area you don't need those guys on your roster those are no. guys you're dropping for bench high upside bench stashes anyways and I would say there's a non-zero percent chance which is a stupid thing to say because anything can happen but he could obviously get going this is a team that needs help at the wide receiver position I'm I'm not full on Josh Gordon truthering right now, but I kind of understand the logic in dropping you know these barely usable players for somebody but again, like why him. Why are you dropping him now when he's not even going to come back for a month? Because like, if you don't get him now, you're not going to get him. That's just the reason people are doing it now. I don't, it's not like it's not like he's going to sit out there uh, also for a few weeks. To throw an even wetter blanket on the story already, here's who he could conceivably face: okay, the Ravens in Week 15, nope. the Bears on the road against the Bears in Week 16, and then if you play in week 17 on the road against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's not it's, No, no and no. It's like, not going to happen. I mean, it's, it's it's not going to happen. Don't add him. If you did, if you did, <laughs> don't add con him. some fool in your league into trading for him. Yeah. 
Amazing. Can I just say that the origins of the Matt Harmon is an idiot drop comes oh, from Josh, oh, Gordon. Josh Gordon. That's right. That's last true. was it right. last year or it two was, years it ago? It was last year. God, that I was last year. We go through this cycle way too often. Also, for the record, it's I'm true. sure <laughs> everybody was hanging on pins and needles. It was Cincinnati that Jason Campbell went to after oh, the Browns. Yes. Beautiful. Figured yeah. it out. That, Figured it out. That up quick, nice. so. It was not. I don't think it was last year, by the way, guys. I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, when P was being drafted in like the middle rounds. No, because hold on, I can find out. No, no, it was definitely last year because that would like two years ago would have been my first year here, and yeah, and I think you were just dropping hot takes, and I'm like, what? No, 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 no. It was definitely last year. Mm. I can I can say that for a pretty good fact. Last summer, last last summer, you think? I don't know. I I don't remember because I thought last summer was highlighted by your Todd Gurley takedown. Yeah, no, it was both. Oh, it, you had both. It was both. <laughs> yeah, I came in firing last summer. <laughs> Josh it. Gordon. Yeah, Josh love Gordon. It. Changed. Love, it, love it, love it, man. It was From very, July twenty fifth, twenty sixteen, Josh Gordon changes the Browns' fantasy landscape. Amazing. Uh, well, not quite. Amazing. <laughs> Bad takes <laughs> exposed. All right, we've we've probably hammered the Josh Gordon I thing think enough. So. Ezekiel Elliott suspension, it's back on, at least at last check, because... Please let this end. For the love of God. It's the zombie story. <laughs> it's the zombie story. It just, it, you think it's dead, it gets revived, you think it's dead again, and it just keeps getting back up and crawling back into your life. It's amazing. But last time I checked, Ezekiel Elliott, the suspension is back on. Um, he is just about out of appeals. They filed one last one. Um, and there is a decision that could come down this week or next week. Who knows? But the bottom line is, as of taping this morning on Thursday, uh, he is set to return in week 15. So you'd really have to be pretty far into the playoffs for Ezekiel Elliott to really make an impact. I'll, I'll throw this first question out there. Is he worth holding on to Matt franchise? Yeah, definitely. If you know you're going to be in the playoffs, if you have like a 6-2 and two record at this point or whatever and you're just kind of coasting, get a get a couple more wins and get a playoff spot, yeah, you're holding him. Okay, what, of about, course, if he's what, gonna, what about if you're 3-3? Three and three? Uh, Then I would try to tr- maybe maybe try to trade him away for someone right. you can use in the next few weeks to get wins because yeah. he's not going to give you anything. What I was going to so, say is you don't want to drop him or anything no, either because no. just pure gamesmanship. You don't want some, you know, Somebody, uh, I was using some terms that aren't PC. I was thinking of some terms that aren't PC for this family <laughs> podcast. But you don't want Kyle in your league to pick up Zeke oh, with his I hate juggernaut Kyle. team. Kyle. Yeah, right, Kyle. I hate Kyle. You, don't, so want, sick of you Kyle. don't want Kyle to pick up Zeke on your juggernaut team. So you hold him right. or you, you try and trade him for a bunch of assets and make a push Stop making own. those bad trade it, offers. It, it, really depends. It, it really depends on your record and your situation and how your playoffs schedule goes. Okay. So, All right, so the follow, keep that in mind. The follow-up question to that is, of course, there's been, you know, obviously a rush to the waiver wire to go pick up Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, uh, Rod Smith potentially as well. Of that trio, Matt Harmon, who do you like? Well, it sounds like the coaching staff and Jerry Jones, too. Like it's not the Alf- coaching staff. Right. It's, it's, it's Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> by proxy, by order from on high. Uh, they, they apparently sound like they like Alfred Morris. They've right. been prepping him for this role. But I don't think we really know. I don't think we can know for sure. Uh, there's, you know, even Jane Slater was saying that Rod Smith, people are saying he's going to jump up to the opportunity. Uh, he could really step forward. I like Rod Smith. He looks good when he's been out there in the preseason. I get, agree. If you get deep, deep into into Cowboys Twitter, which I don't recommend doing, no. but uh, they really thought that like Rod Smith should be the backup to to him based on his pre to to Zeke based on his preseason game tape. So right, uh, I think you definitely want some some investment in all of these players. Get them when you can. But right now, it sounds like Alfred Morris will be the guy. Alex, uh, here's what you do: you take a six sided die, 
Okay. On the like one and five, you put a picture of Alfred Morris's face. Uh-huh. On the three and the two, you okay. put Darren McFadden. <coughs> and then on the four and the six, you put Rod Smith. <laughs> you put it in a cup, you shake it up, you roll it out, and whoever lands up is who you start. Um, it's just it's impossible uh, to tell right now. Here's the tea, my question: the tea leaves are Morris. Yes, uh, that would make sense. But just add add all of them and just wait and see. The real question is: Did you play Dungeons and Dragons as a child? I did play some, because, obviously, because the fact Nerd. that you called it a six sided die instead of just a die. Well, that's a. It's also <laughs> some people don't. Un- you played with that old D twenty, man. Some people get confused if you just say grab, <laughs> grab a die. Like uh-huh. what? And also, this is radio. Like what? Some tie dye? Some 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 colors? Am I mixing something no, up? Oh my god! No, no. I don't. I, I'm relatively confident. No one would confuse that unless I think so. <laughs> unless <laughs> you'll play Dungeons and Dragons, which I did as well. It's, I, fu- it's fun, man. You know, you got to throw oh that old D twenty. What? What? <laughs> Nerds. Oh, right. <laughs> Stupid Muppets over here across the table from us. <laughs> Nerds. Oh, man. Okay, all right. They're giving each other fist bumps. This is ridiculous. Um, all right, let's talk about the Dallas offense, though. All right, so Zeke has been – he was the cornerstone of that offense, man. I mean, he mm-hmm. got On unbelievable amount of touches. Uh, he picked up steam certainly in the last few weeks here, um, and, and really the offense flowed through Ezekiel Elliott. But now he is gone. Either, even if it is Alfred Morris, even if it is Darren McFadden, as we've highlighted many times, this is not the same Dallas offensive line. I don't imagine the offense would flow through the running game, especially when you got a guy like, you know, Dak out there. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question to you, Matt Harmon, would be, all right, so what do the fantasy prospects hold now for, for Dak and and, uh, and Des? You know, it's a good question because I think Dak is a – Great, great quarterback. I think he's their best player on offense. I think he's a more, much more important player than Ezekiel Elliott. And I know some people will disagree, but, I mean, yeah. it's a quarterback versus a running back. And to me, I will always side with the great quarterback sure. there. Uh, so I think he's the most important player of their offense. I think this puts a lot uh, on his shoulders, but I think he can handle it. Uh, the question is the rest of the passing attack, because if you look beyond Dez and, and Jason Witten to a certain extent, none of these guys are real inspiring. I mean, Cole Beasley's barely doing anything. Uh, you know, you've got Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler kind of fighting for reps at the number two receiver position. This is not an offense that's necessarily built to open up. I think yeah. they will still be ground and pound based, but if you look at their schedule, it is really appealing for passing. I mean, they get the Chiefs, who just give it up to wide receivers. I think this is going to be a big Des week. Then they go to Atlanta, they face Philadelphia, they face the Chargers, they face Washington, and then New York, and then they round out with the Raiders and Seahawks to end the fantasy season. A lot of those games are are they could be high scoring contests, they could be contests against secondaries that that, that struggle. So I think this is a really good spot for for both Dak and Des. If I if I could throw this out there, am I crazy to think? And again, you you talk about um, you know trying to still keep the 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 ball on the ground, but I just don't know if they're going to be as effective doing that, right? So, am I crazy to think that somebody like Cole Beasley would have a lot more value, especially in PPR, because they want to keep the chains moving and and keep that short passing game almost as an extension of their run game? That's logical, but Cole Beasley just hasn't had as big of a role as he did last year. Yeah. So I don't know that it would be it would necessarily be him, or if they'd get Bryce Butler more work, or if they'd be doing. Terrence Williams on some crossing routes as we've seen a handful of times. So it's just it's like somebody could somebody else could rise up in this passing attack, but it's just 
it's impossible to say who that might be right now. Yeah, okay. he has not had a game over 40 yards receiving, that being Cole Beasley, and has seen more than six targets just once all very, year. Very disappointing after, like, how good he was last year yeah. and, like, how consistent to just see him not used as much. Yeah, it'll really have to be a situation where they go super pass-heavy, I think, for Beasley to be involved. And I just I don't, just don't see that happening. I mean, the offensive line, as you mentioned, has not been as good this year in terms of run blocking, but right. they have gotten better the last two games, obviously facing uh, San Francisco in a banged up Washington front that helps but that never, help. nevertheless uh, I think they will still be want to be based on the ground game Kelvin Benjamin shockingly traded at the deadline from Carolina to Buffalo what does it mean for Kelvin Benjamin Matt franchise um, I think f- in the short term oh, before you b- before you jump into that just as of note as well I know yeah. some of these people uh, I know some of the listeners pick up the podcast on Friday uh, TNF it is Buffalo versus the Jets, but just for the Thursday listeners, uh, again, what does the, the KB trade to Buffalo mean? Right. I think in the short term, meaning week nine, Thursday night, uh, Benjamin's role will be limited at best. Extremely like he, he just he just got to the team, you know. Right. Two days um, ago. There, are, ago. there are reports that the team wants to plug him in in the X receiver spot right away, uh, which means good things for guys like Zay Jones, who struggled. Uh, Jordan Matthews plays out of the slot. Right. Um, but this offense isn't a, a pass-first offense. It runs through LaShawn McCoy. Tyrod Taylor runs the ball himself. Um, so I think Benjamin, you know, even if he is the number one target there, I don't think it's a huge change, like, upgrade in his value. I think it's more of a lateral move. I agree with that. Um, I think for fantasy but I purposes, think it's, it's, it's at least a lateral move. I think it's good for Tyrod Best. Taylor for the rest of the season once they get Benjamin plugged in there because, you know, they lost Charles Clay. Right. He might be back in a few weeks. But Tygot has a pretty good uh, matchup schedule the rest of the season. And if they can get Kelvin Benjamin out there and integrated in this offense, I like Tyrod. He's been playing Tyrod's well upside. with Zay Jones catching, like, one out of every 50 passes. Yeah, yeah, Deontay, he's been producing. Deontay Thompson <laughs> legitimately coming off the NFL waiver wire that's one right. weekend and no, going, that's for, right. going for 100 yards the next weekend. Yeah. So. This is great news for Tyrod Taylor. If you'd picked him up and been streaming, like, yeah. He, and as Francis said, he's got a pretty cushy schedule the rest of the way. I think he's you could be in uh, in for a, a nice upgrade here. Harmon, I'm getting the feeling that you're not terribly excited about Kevin Benjamin in Buffalo. I, I'm not. I think it's a downgrade for his fantasy value. Interesting. For one, because look, we've been talking about this all year, but re- receivers changing teams. There's not a great history for it. I mean, this year there's. So many examples with yeah. Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, et cetera, et cetera. Even Jeremy Macklin hasn't really picked it up in Baltimore. Uh, Pierre Garçon has been up and down in San Francisco. Yeah. It's just not a, a situation where you can just jump in like a running back and just, all right, we're still going to give you touches and you're just going to go do your thing. Like You've got to learn the route combinations. You've got to get timing with the new quarterback. That's a lot to ask for a receiver getting traded in the middle of the season, not to mention Buffalo is 31st in pass play percentage. We know right. they want to run the ball. I don't think this is good news for his overall volume, that being Kelvin. Benjamin it's a great I think it's a, a good move for Buffalo I think they needed help obviously it's a I think it is an upgrade for Tyrod Taylor because at worst I, I think we could see Benjamin in red zone packages right away right. they don't have a threat like that it's definitely nope. a good move for those guys but for Kelvin Benjamin in particular he's been pretty steady I think he was having his best year in Carolina which just makes it all the more fascinating that they that they traded him right and, and we'll talk a little bit later why I think this you know from a quarterback wide receiver perspective it, it's a little bit of a clunky fit anyways but yeah I don't know I just I, I think it's a downgrade for him in in fantasy and I'm pretty confident in that I the the thing though is like he was having a solid year in Carolina but he'd only gone over 70 yards three times and if he can come in and just especially be that red zone monster for them and yeah catch a few few slant routes or a few, you know, 
his typical his typical routes for like 40 yards and a touch it's it's been a pretty lateral move for fantasy yeah he's also dealing with a knee injury and he only had two touchdowns this year there so i think you know i think he was just kind of brought down by the entire carolina offense in general okay i wouldn't say he's having his best year there i mean he had nine touchdowns in 2014 so there you go <clears throat> devin funches what does it mean for his fantasy value franchise we'll stay with you Upgrade for Funchess. Yeah, big time. All the targets, all the red zone targets. Maybe Greg Olson comes back later in the season, but they say they want to get more speed on the outside. Maybe like Curtis, they use Curtis Samuel or a guy like Russell Shepard, but who really knows? If I, I if mean, I had I'm to, worried about. Not, I'm worried about. Exciting. I'm worried about. It, I think it's a downgrade for Cam Newton. Yeah, I would agree with that too. But <clears throat> if I could provide a little bit of hope, I, th- I think on the outside there, it's you know they the GM talks specifically about getting. Um, speed out on the outside, and they invested a high draft pick in Curtis Samuel. Yeah. So then I start thinking about Russell Shepard as well. He's such a terrific special teams player, mm-hmm. and he's been known as a great special teams player over the last few years. So it seemed redundant to have Curtis Samuel playing so many special team snaps mm-hmm. and Russell Shepard also being a great special teams player as well. It just seemed redundant there in Carolina and then it was it was redundant there on the outside as well with Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Uh, again, I, I think most people were surprised they decided to move Kelvin instead of Devin, but right. it's the move they made. It's the contracts. If they move Curtis Samuel to the outside, uh the one thing that does intrigue me though is that Devin Funches is actually a top twelve player in terms of air yards yeah so a lot of the outside a lot of the outside receivers do have very deep routes if that's Curtis Samuel out there and Cam does his Cam thing which is just launch it deep downfield play bad I (laughs) (laughs) wow jeez I just want I, I I'm I'm actually hopeful or at least maybe not hopeful but I think it's intriguing anyways to see Curtis Samuel streaking down the sideline versus Devin Funches. I I have concerns with Samuel because I mean the dude was a running back last year and they did invest a high draft pick in him but like he's still converting from running back to wide receiver. He that's played, true too. He played some wide receiver at Ohio State. Yes, that's true. But um, it's a hybrid player. Yeah, he's, he's a hybrid player. I I would expect Russell Shepard honestly to to come in a little more at least in the short term because he's played like. 68% of his snaps in the slot for Carolina. But last year at Tampa Bay, he was like a 60-plus percent out wide outside, player. Yeah, yeah. And he can play there. I mean, he caught that touchdown there in, what, like week one, that random, when we all remember that Russell Shepard was yeah, even on right. the Panthers. So, like, he can work outside. Okay. He can get deep, too. But I don't I don't know. I, this this move really does not does not get me excited about anybody in the Panthers' offense the I, rest of the I, way. I, they said they want to put more speed on the outside, which will help the run game because the run game's so bad. But I don't so understand bad. how jettisoning – Jettisoning yeah. Kelvin Benjamin will help the run game. <laughs> well, he was and what Kelvin. A, what a convoluted way to think about the run game too. It's Isn't like, that weird? It's like we're gonna get rid of a big-bodied wide receiver, right? Right. And that's gonna help our run game. I swear to God. Well, it's like, man, you got to walk me through that logic, man. Unless they Kelvin want to Benjamin move. was their best vertical threat too. Yeah. Uh, Devin Funches caught per next gen stats. Devin Funches caught zero of ten deep zero. targets. Oh. Kelvin, zero of ten. Kelvin Benjamin's gone four so for bad. six, and the only player with a touchdown, <laughs> he has had two deep touchdowns. Ed Dixon's two for five. Christian yeah. McCaffrey's one for three, and everybody else is zero for four. Oh. So it's been ro- awful in the deep pass game in Carolina, and, and Kelvin Benjamin was definitely their best deep threat. I, I don't know. I'm not. 
I'm not excited about any anybody in the wake of this trade. I mean, Devin Funches, the volume is definitely going to be there. I, yeah. I kind of wish he had been playing better the last few weeks. That's going to be such a tilt a whirl when you start him and you see him get 14 targets and catch five, Four of them? five passes yeah. for 52 yards. Yeah, I, I and mean, hope two of them are in the end zone. And Curtis Samuel, like, not only is he making the switch to like a full-time receiver role, he also was not involved in training camp hardly at all because of a hamstring injury and he's been in and out of the lineup with that this season too i think you know isn't he only like 511 he's small he's small guy he's 196 i mean he's got legit game-breaking ability and whatever but i mean it's a tough ask for him to suddenly become an outside receiver i definitely like want to monitor him and see how it goes yeah uh see what his usage is like this next week and then maybe we talk about picking him up next week okay uh but i think i really think the only body the only player that this really does benefit other than devin funches with volume is christian mccaffrey who's like (laughs) what is he gonna catch 10 passes a game now exactly he's devin funches is gonna get 14 targets and mccaffrey's gonna get 11 this is this offense is lost i mean it's just a it's just lost in the wilderness right now I, I, I don't think they have an identity I think they've just traded one of their best players uh, they, yeah. get, they get Greg Olson back and their quarterback is playing like crap so what are we really excited about here it's weird I, it's just but it's crazy though because it's it's the highs and lows of, of a Cam Newton led offense I mean three weeks ago we weren't saying this yeah, I mean they were setting the world up player. Exactly. He, he is just that's like you can either expect him to go out and make your day or ruin your day if you're a fantasy player I just I, I feel <laughs> as if you know the whole Cam Newton experience it's like I can't even commit myself to saying he's playing poorly because maybe he just had a I bad can, game. I can commit myself uh, to saying he's okay. playing poorly. Over the last, the, last, the last three weeks. The last yeah. three weeks, he's averaging 201 passing yards a game with two touchdowns and six picks. The Whoa. only reason, the only reason he's kept afloat, his fantasy value, is because rush, he has rushes. 165 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown in that span. Yeah. And it, it's not all, it's not all his fault. Like I said, this offense is just lost. I mean, they can't pass protect well, at all. Six, I mean, left tackle's been a left tackle's been an issue. Trey Turner, who's a Pro Bowler, also left tackle's been, an issue, and that's their fault for signing Matt Khalil and making him like an unquestioned starter. That is their fault. <laughs> All right, there you go. Man, we have pounded this offense hard. Good. Uh, Keep pounding. (laughs) Very timely. Well done. That's good. That's good. Wow. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's in San Francisco now. Oh, God. What a crazy trade. The the uh, most ironic part about the whole Jimmy G trade, by the way, is the fact that it was not announced on Instagram. Oh remember right! That, remember yeah. that random? Someone Jimmy hacked his account. Hacked his account. His friend, it, him, and his friend got super faded, and uh, oh, yeah. his friend just grabbed his phone. And no, no, it was, it, it was hacked. Yeah, okay. hacked. it was hacked. Yeah. It was hacked. My bad. I, I Sorry, like this trade, there. by the way, though. I, think I love the trade. It's very smart. I love the trade. I love the trade for both sides. They get they get a quarterback for a second round pick. They get him for like the back half of the season. He's gonna be an improvement over C.J. Beathard. Like it's not. It's that's not hard. Kyle Shanahan doesn't know <laughs> when when he's gonna play. Right. Okay, Kyle. Well, he needs to learn the offense. San Francisco offense. has their bye next week, right? Yeah. yeah so he's going to be here for a week. They'll have their right. bye. He, he'll and start then, after I think that. he'll Come start on, sooner on, than Kyle. they think he's going to start. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wait, actually, we have a New England Patriots fan here. Oh, Erica, we do. Are you, are you sad Erica. to see uh, Jimmy G and his handsomeness leave kind of. New England? Well, yeah, well, it's sad. Is it's is. sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, our team's stacked handsome-wise. So we don't need to. True. Uh, yeah. True. Patriots I mean, uh, are There needs to be some balance. Just so we're clear, Garoppolo is handsome way wise. more handsome than Tom Brady. I yes. can't legally say that out loud. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I It's a violation but of your contract. I, I understand <laughs> where you're coming from. Okay. That I'll take sense. that as a yes. If that makes sense. Okay. I have good taste in men. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, we're going to get off of the whole Instagram thing. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> in San Francisco, how does that impact, again, he, I know he's not going to play this week. They got the bye. But I'm saying moving forward, how does it impact Pierre Garçon? you got to feel good about Pierre Garçon. I mean, he had been getting some volume, but quarterback, He's. we have to watch his injury. He like, hasn't practiced all week with a <laughs> neck, neck injury, injury yeah. so he might not play this week. But if he can come in and get a rapport with Garoppolo, I mean, we've known Garçon to be able to produce with a plethora of quarterbacks throughout plethora. his career. So if you had been <laughs> worried about it, I, I think you can <laughs> stay pat with Garcon. And, yeah. and a better passing game will help, like, you know, as we always say, like, all ships in the harbor will rise with the high tide. So That's it's good, good news for Carlos Hyde. Maybe George Kittle gets back on the radar a little bit. The Kitty Hawk, let's go. Yeah. Uh, Seattle traded Jeremy Lane and some late picks to Houston to get left tackle Dwayne Brown. I don't think Jeremy Lane was a part of that because he failed no, his physical. No, he failed his physical, so it, it's it, now it's, it's, it's just draft picks. It's, it's, it's in the rundown. Lane failed, then failed his physical, so oh, he goes back to Sorry. Seattle. Oh, wow. I don't, well, I don't, I don't guys. know. Guys. I don't know. I don't Let know the what, man speak. I don't know what his Let problem Let him get a <laughs> sentence out you before you roast him. Lane then failed his physical, so he goes back to Seattle. With Houston getting another pick. All right. Uh, Brown is 32 years old. Did you know old. that he'd failed his physical? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Brown is 32, uh, considered one of the better O-linemen in the league. I think it's a it's a good move. It's a sensible move for, for Seattle because, obviously, oh, they yeah. needed that. God, they needed help. Um, does it mean – I'm assuming it means more consistent play for, for Russell Wilson. But I don't know. I'd love to just at least – you know, talk about the run game a little bit there. Very uh, bad I- in Seattle. It's very bad. It's not good. Not There's, good. There is some Hopefully. Eddie Lacy hype out there on the streets, though. There's been Eddie Lacy hype like four times this season. Yeah, Pete Carroll says he wants to give him the bulk of the carries nope. this Sunday. We'll we'll nope. see what happens. I don't and like it. a couple weeks ago, I saw a, re- a, a a report from one of the Seattle newspapers that like okay. the coaches thought uh, Rawls was trying to do too much, but like these guys have had no chance. They've had so, no chance. Uh, no, Rawls has, no chance. Rawls, has been, Rawls has been legit bad though. Yeah. I mean, he's he's screwed he, himself he, on several yeah. occasions. Yeah. With, with, like, he, big I, time mistakes. I think, and he doesn't have any patience. I think he's just trying to just. Hit the big play every yeah, time, and it, it, it's is, not showing. That's one thing that Lacey has demonstrated in his career, though, is patience. patience. It doesn't always work because he's a big back, and like when he's right. an angle, and he's not very fast. And when there's a guy on top of you when you're getting the ball, not not good. But I will say, as of last night, it's about 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, uh, I think, or maybe East. I don't know. How, the only legitimate time zone, Pacific time. Pacific, uh, definitely. The OC Darrell Bevel said he confirmed Eddie Lacey will start, and their plan is to quote. Ride Lacey and see where it goes from there. I mean, I mean that's so the best that thing mean, they can do. That right means now. 11 carries for Lacey and 11 carries for Rawls. For, and you're going to hate yourself if you start either yards. one of them. I don't think I you think. want to start either one of them, but I did make a couple speculative ads with Eddie Lacey. Sure, just to, sure, just, sure, just to sure. see what happens. Okay. I will say, I feel like Franchise feels hurt by this backfield because he's every year he's been hyping up one of their backs. <laughs> Nobody has seen it. It had worked for a while, and now look at it. Now him, I've been like, betrayed. <laughs> The Seattle backfield is attacking me. I feel attacked. By the way, shout can, out, can our, shout can out the, to the guy that tweeted at you and said he used I feel it. I feel attacked in, in class. class. That's Unbelievable. Great. Can we just get CJ Procise back and let him save no, save no. save us exist. all? No, he's not uh, a real person. He's made yeah. of glass. He's, Whatever. He's a ghost. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at the rundown. We don't have Jay Ajayi on the rundown. We should probably talk about that, right? Oh my nah. God, how did I miss that one? Jay Ajayi what got a trade. professional. <laughs> Doesn't even know Jay Lane failed his physical. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a Dwayne Brown, Jeremy Lane info tag in here, and I don't have Jay Ajayi going to Philadelphia. What the hell is wrong with me? Well, uh, Jay Ajayi got traded to Philadelphia. Um, 
again, I would imagine that it's a good. It's a actually. Actually, I'll say this. I think it's a great move for JHI. I think it's a terrific move for JHI going from Miami, which is one of the worst offenses in the NFL, to Philadelphia, which is literally one of the best offenses <laughs> in the NFL. Upgrade. It's a. I mean, just a gargantuan upgrade. Um, Matt Harmon, I'll let you get into the next gen stats here for sure. JHI because uh, the the metrics, the next gen stat metrics for him. They look pretty good. I, I don't think he's particularly, quote-unquote, lost a step. Yeah, so last season in 2016, we talked about on the pre- previous week's podcast the yards after close and yards before close. Right. Uh, in 2016, Jay Ajayi averaged 4.67 yards after defenders came within a yard of him, and that was the fourth best among running backs with right. 100 carries. I mean, that is what he's good at is breaking tackles. Uh, this year, he's definitely off that pace. Uh, he averages 3.5 yards and that's 21st among running backs with 60 plus carries this yeah. season so he's definitely off his own pace uh also the miami run blocking is not too good but neither is the is the philadelphia one i think it's still a below average unit but as you mentioned i think for fantasy the brass tacks here is the fact that he's going from uh, the worst offense in the nfl nfl playing for a coach that c- did not hide the fact that he does not like this it, guy he now going to a team that is one of the best offenses of the NFL uh, yeah. there's gonna be a lot of touchdown Miami, upgrade. he didn't Miami's like him only, last year either they're only only no, offense yeah. in the league that hasn't scored a hundred total points yet yeah they're, no rushing they're awful touchdown. I mean, they're so bad. They're, bad they're awful and it's a good thing their head coach is really showing a lot of leadership to, to throw everybody but himself under the bus <laughs> <laughs> they're averaging 13 points a game what yeah. was that? Yeah, so what's last the, in the NFL, right? What's the NGS number again? Three point three point five this season. So the three, NFL averages three point seven. So, but bottom line is, uh, for for that number to be that high, is actually I think a good solid testament to Jai still being able to break tackles do every now can. and again. Yeah, do do what he can. It's what I'm saying is that three point five number, and again, it's three point five yards. After a defender gets to within one yard, why is that number important? Because, well, listen, I, I mean, you could see a defender in the backfield. If you're still being able to generate basically 3.5 yards on your own, that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and those numbers, by the way, before close, after close, they work together, um, especially for a guy. You know, I, I think about speed guys like Shady. It really works for them because once they start to get a little bit of that buildup speed, it's game over. But any running back, it's those numbers are going to work together as well. And and bottom line is, it's an upgrade for JJ. I'm I'm extremely excited to think about what will happen in Philadelphia for him. But so, while we're in that backfield, sure. what does it mean for Legarrette Blunt? Sure, I was just gonna say the one downgrade for Ajay is the volume. He's not gonna get like 25 touches yeah. a game because it's more of a committee, and the Eagles have been running a committee since P- Doug Peterson took over this backfield. It's right. been unpredictable. They they. Base it on game flow, which is why sometimes you'll see LeGarrette Blunt, you know, get a bunch of carries in the second half if they're leading. Sometimes it'll be Wendell Smallwood. Uh, you know, they lost Darren Sproles, who was playing 50% of the snaps before he went out. Right. So it's kind of, you know, I think until Ajay gets there, gets integrated, and maybe shows that he is actually better than LeGarrette Blunt, which I think we can all agree he is. He's, he's a more well-rounded, he's a three-down back. People have this narrative that he can't catch passes. He can catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, bro, LeGarrette Blunt caught a touchdown this year. So <laughs> I think I, th- I don't think I don't think that if the Eagles thought that they could, you know, they're 7-1. and one. They're the best team in the NFL right now with their record. They want to make a run here in the playoffs. I don't think if they thought LeBron. If they thought LeGarrette Blunt could carry them through this season, I don't think they would have made right. a move like this. Right. I think the it, the – 
ideal way to think about this is that Jay Ajayi at his best is like a souped-up version of, of like Garrett Blunt. Blunt. Yeah. Because yeah. Blunt is – we talk about yards after close. Blunt actually leads all running backs in average yards after close. That's I mean, amazing. He's been, he's been great. He's that type of guy that when you can get him into the second level – like people think of him as like a big pounded-out back, but he's not really a grinder. I mean, he's a guy that needs to get in the second level and then makes defenders miss. He's yeah. always been that guy. even going back to like his rookie year with Tampa Bay and everything like that. For so, sure. Now I think they have the the guy that would be an upgraded version of that. That being said, I really don't want to play a JHI this week with oh, no. Denver, Denver coming around. Right. We right. don't know. I mean, there's a ch- like I think there's a chance that he could come out and have a good game and maybe score a touchdown. But I'd rather just yeah, right. not get involved. Let, let's with that. let's see. Let's let him get acclimated and see how it happens. And Denver, aside from the Orleans Darkwood game, has just shut down, crushed, all, destroyed every t- running, all the other top running, running backs. backs. Zeke, Kareem right. Hunt, Kareem Shady Hunt. McCoy, right. like literally every good running back that has run against them, except Orleans Darkwa. Philadelphia has been shut down. And Philadelphia is transitioning now. Jason Peters gone for the season, torn ACL. Right. And so they're kind of reshuffling that offensive line. I still think they've got talent there, but, again, it's going to take mm-hmm. time for them to gel. All right, let's talk about players to drop. Marcus Grant pens a column every single week. You can find it at NFL.com slash Grant. He gives you a handful of players he believes, high-profile players that he believes are now worth dropping off of your fantasy rosters and obviously he's dress addressing more like 10 or 12 team leagues but uh one of the, the we'll talk about two two guys here two high profile guys that really stood out to me but um rob kelly was one of his top guys he says you could go ahead and drop rob kelly and uh this is a quote from his column Quote, average, uh, Rob Kelly averaged just eight touches per game over his last three contests. I did not realize his volume was that low uh, in Washington. I, I just wanted to get a, a sense of, does anyone have any hope for a possible turnaround for Rob Kelly? Because, again, keep in mind, he is coming back off of injured ribs. I, mm. I'm, like, less than optimistic because this offense runs better when Chris Thompson gets more volume. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. They have so many injuries along their offensive line. Like, some of those guys might return. But for a guy like Rob Kelly's a fine player. I mean, he's performed better this year than Samaje P. Ryan, But, like, it's he not needs, saying much. He, I know. He needs, he needs good blocking and stuff like that. And yeah. for him to only probably get 12 to 14 carries a game behind a, a banged-up offensive line yeah. and a pass-first <clears throat> offense, it's just – you're really, really, really banking on a touchdown. I think against Dallas, four of their five starting offensive linemen were hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah it was three, well, nuts. Three missed the game and one got injured in amazing. the game. Amazing. And Kelly's, amazing. Kelly scored a touchdown in that game, but Crazy. he, like, like, the first drive. Yeah, but he had, like, seven points yeah, or something. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, he also says, drop Martellus Bennett, to which I say, sad. Very sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm just Since trying you to. You were driving <coughs> that hype train this offseason. Yes, uh, absolutely. I was like searching my emotions. Uh, I felt uh, some, you know, some sadness there, uh, some remorse. But yes, uh, I mean, I w- he's done nothing all done- year. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. All right, so let's get into trade calls. Trade calls. NFL.com slash trade calls. Sure. We have the writer of trade calls as well. We do Verizon's have Verizon's here. here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here, guys. All right, Verizon tries. Take it away. <laughs> written, written by Verizon. <laughs> oh man, is, uh, that's guys, one of the that's one of those jokes. Explain? Yeah, I was gonna say like nobody's gonna. So so every the, the <laughs> trade calls article is sponsored by Verizon. Like is, trade dude. calls phone company yes. makes it. sense. Yes. Uh, so I post the article every Wednesday, and yeah. the NFL handle tweets it out, 
and they're always like well, in, re- the, in the past it would always give us the at like right they would at the writer like, right yeah. they would tag the writer who wrote the article in the tweet and when the NFL handle tweets your your handle you get followers from it and you sure. get a lot of interaction because they you have seven million followers you get a lot of bots but anyway the last few weeks they've been saying like oh read this week's trade calls via at Verizon <laughs> yeah, by Verizon but I'm like oh what, what I guess it, Verizon wrote the article not me what made it so insulting was that there's been a and deservedly so because it's a good piece of content there's been yeah. a big push behind this particular article to make it like your thing you write the piece you do a digital video thing that digital video piece then airs on NFL Network on NFL Fantasy Live right and you I mean, you could definitely tell, like, you were excited about it at that moment. You know, you were like, oh, right, this, right. there's a big, you know, push behind one of my piece of content. And, and you know, we've been joking, like, oh, it's the highest performing article of the of century. The century. <laughs> uh, and here's the author of it. And then the NFL handle just by Verizon. And by it was Verizon. very insulting. So, yeah. It's great. So, do you feel attacked, I guess? Is I right. feel attacked. I'm okay. not even getting credit on social media <laughs> hey, for writing this article. I, went, I, I definitely, I had you back on that one. I quote tweeted, so like, Verizon man. did a great job with this. And then pissed off everybody in the social team, like, <laughs> Well, oh. deal with it, freaks. Did they really get upset get with you? No, not. But like Bryce jokingly came at me about it, and then oh. Feldman was like, "Please don't troll my team <laughs> online." I'm like, "I will troll whoever I want." Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> Sanctions on your tweets. <laughs> All right. So one of the, I think the hot take in this uh, in this column this week was sell Tom Brady. Got to get clicks somehow, man. <laughs> No, it oh, is shoot. it is Camposi's right it, here. <laughs> it is kind of a hot take. Yes. Yeah. Tom Brady has not been – he had, like, two big games to start the season. And it's always important to note <laughs> – Oh, God. Oh, my God. Tampo, so much the heat. The heat coming from Tamposi. We're talking about fantasy, Tamposi. I r- actually wrote in the article <laughs> he's a good real football quarterback still. The Patriots are 6-2. and two. Like he's, four. I, I'm right saying right. trade him in fantasy, okay? Even her, <laughs> even her dog is Tamposi bad. just, like, hates me right now. All right. But it's always important to note when, when – franchise writes these pieces he's saying trade but get value right it's tom always, brady is a, always get he's value. a big brand name yeah the patriots on a buy right now you can't even use them so maybe if someone needs a quarterback in your league you trade tom brady away and get them to give you value at another position that okay. you need to to make your your roster a little deeper because people are going to pay up for a guy whose name is tom brady who would you what, give me a quarterback? Because you obviously need to get a quarterback back. Yeah, which no, is all, I, I disagree with that. Well, no, well, I you, guess you could have a, a guy on the bench. Yeah, because the reason the reason you want to trade like liquidate your quarterback assets is because they just don't matter. I like see. you can easily you can jettison Tom Brady and then replace him, you know, by streaming or whatever. I think the I think why I think it's a good move to sell Brady, like you said, cash in on that name value, and that you know by getting a usable running back or wide receiver, which we know are just it's more rare assets. Yeah, it's exactly. Good. That's wh- And I said sell Deshaun Watson a few weeks ago. Same thing. Same idea. Nobody knew he was going to have 35 points in like a month for a month straight. Right. But it's the same idea. Like quarterbacks are, you okay. know, they don't have as much value. So Tom Brady's averaging 16.19 fantasy points per game over the last month. Right. He's at 18 or fewer fantasy points in five of his eight games this season. I think a lot of it has to do with the injuries in the receiving core there. Sure. You know, old news, Julian Edelman's out. Chris Hogan's been banged up all year. Yeah. He almost needed surgery on a shoulder injury. They're saying his arm's in a sling. He should be back after the bye. Hopefully we'll see. Like, Gronk is always banged up. Danny Amendola is always banged up. I think all these injuries are adding up. Yeah. 
and Brady just isn't that fantasy producing powerhouse we saw him as, as that he was last year. So You're saying he's at his peak value right now. Well, I'm saying sell him. Well, he's definitely not at his peak value right now because he's averaged 16 points per game over the last month. But oh, I'm saying Still because of his name, name yeah. you'll be able to sell him. Okay. And he has to play Denver, Buffalo, and the Steelers Ooh. in the second half. It's so those, those are some rough matchups. Like, I those think he match. hasn't yeah. uh, like bottomed out or anything either. And people still know, like, oh, it's, it's Tom Brady. He's produced yes. in like, these bad games. So it's right. like <clears throat> for a player with the name value of Tom Brady, they have to really perform poorly in fantasy for like – an extended period right. before most people are like, ooh, wow, I don't want to trade for Tom Brady. But right now, if you float out Tom Brady in the league, I mean, people picked up Josh Gordon. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Game value means a lot. <laughs> my text chain with my friends, they were like yelling at each other because one of somebody was in there early to get up Josh Gordon. I'm like, you guys, what are you doing? That's like, amazing. You know, there, you know there's a Patriots fan in your league who's like, oh, man, I really want Tom Brady. <laughs> Take advantage of that. She's going to punch you in the face. <laughs> it's such a good – it's so good that Harmon is between oh Erica and Franchise. I wish, I wish we were in the in the actual studio right now. This would have been great. No, but you take advantage oh, of that. Oh you take I advantage of fans. So what know? Franchise is saying is that Tom Brady's done and now the Patriots, <laughs> and the Patriots dynasty <laughs> Read the article. I didn't actually say because, that. Because they don't even have a back quarterback on the roster. Who are they? And, and Brian Hoyer. Well, right. They did bring back Hoyer. Yeah, that's true. They uh, signed I'm, Hoyer. I'm in the past. Yeah, they signed Hoyer, so clearly they have no – confidence in Tom Brady as, as, as a franchise. <laughs> right. Okay, let's That's the logic. Are you That's the logic. That? <laughs> well, just... Lovely. Absolutely. Do you lovely. want to issue a, a, a brief uh, statement? A statement? Yeah. No. No? Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> We're going to take this personally. It's fantasy. After. Oh, Tamposi was, was about to say. It was a joke. We're about, we're about to take this to the streets, I'm dude. Scared. I'm, actually, I'm actually scared. <laughs> she has her guard dog in the room. Oh, yeah. it's really do. Uh, you're about right. to catch them hands, Franchise. <laughs> I know. Uh, franchise also says, buy Devontae Freeman, but I will direct you to the website to read. Uh, the rest of his trade calls column, nfl.com slash trade calls. It's All not right. nfl.com slash Verizon? <laughs> mm. It might be, like, next, you by next week. can go to your Verizon store yeah, <laughs> and, and, and buy a copy. Of the <laughs> oh, yeah. You can, you can True. get it texted to you. Oh, my Lord. But standard uh. messaging rates do apply. <laughs> nfl.com slash trade calls. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to Deep Sleepers. Matt Harmon, kick us off. I got a pretty deep sleeper that I'm. I've got my eye on lead off player in the deep dive, or headline player of the deep dive this week. Mac Hollins of the Philadelphia I Eagles. I so, absolutely love it. Uh, name drop alert. Uh, NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. Before he tweeted this out, he actually came. We were talking uh, in the office about Mac Hollins, and he was really adamant about the fact like this guy looks good uh for for the eagles he thinks that his role is going to continue to grow as the season wears on dude he's a specimen man he's a 6'4 220 guy he had that 64 yard touchdown i'm saying which was the longest completed yards of raw distance in the air this year what's his 40 time i have no idea what his 40 time is (laughs) his 40 times good i'll tell you that for for his size his 40 time is good but anyways obviously making plays uh, he has started to see his snaps grow. He played a season high of s- in snaps last week, f- following the week in which he had that 64-yard touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Torrey Smith has been good for the locker room, but I don't think he's good for the locker room. That's what D- <laughs> that's what DJ said. <laughs> he's like he was brought in for the room, and he's doing a good job with that. But so wow. I he'll obviously see. I mean, Torrey Smith has just one catch over his last three weeks too. So I think he's due to see his role decrease and a guy like Matt Collins to continue to get more playing time. And it's worth noting that DJ 
nailed the Eagles wide receiver situation that's coming true. back in August. He said Nelson that Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar would take over as the slot receiver this season. That's exactly what has happened. And so, not only not only did he say he was going to take the slot role, he said he was going to flourish there as well. Yeah, and both of, both, both things have uh, have been true. I mean, and DJ used to work for the Eagles front office once upon a time before he came to our uh, our airwaves. So I really like this call by him. Uh, I, you I like know, it. It's a super deep pickup. Um, I don't know. You're obviously not going to be playing him this week against Denver. I mean, even if you're in like a 10 to 12 team league, I don't think this is somebody you need to rush out and get. But you know, playing Dynasty, deeper formats, definitely somebody to keep an for eye the, on. For the record, he's 6'4", like 223, and ran a 4'5", 340. Jeez. That's great for, for that. The size. trouble was, because I remember watching Massive. him I remember watching him at uh, UNC, and I thought he looked good. But the trouble was he had had a bunch of injuries oh, that see. had really limited his production. His final year, and he had he a had bad s- quarterback. Yeah, he had 16 catches for t- – <laughs> 309 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Sorry, I was trolling. Right, it was good you. trolling. Uh, Matt Franchise, what you got? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Rod Smith here. I know we already talked about him, but I think he is going to emerge in this Dallas backfield. Everyone's going after Morris. Everyone's going after Darren McFad. Rod right. Smith is only owned in like 5% of leagues right now. I like now. that too. Seven catches for 57 yards in the preseason. He's played some third down snaps behind Zeke already this year. He's a big – He's you know how McFadden's like a taller running back, Indeed. like runs upright? Oh, yeah. Well, Rod Smith is even bigger. He's 6'3", 235. He's the biggest he was back. He fullback, briefly. He, right. He's the biggest back on the roster, and I think – 6'3", 235. He's a massive people, human. People uh, – there was a report out of, on Roto World yesterday that players on the team say he's the most underrated player on the offense. Okay. So. I think pick up Rod Smith, man. I know we already talked about this a lot. I like it. Wiz, what you got? Uh, it's not as deep as like these guys in name value, but yeah. fantasy-wise, like nobody's been trusting the Baltimore passing attack. No but one. I think this could be a great week if somebody has cast off Jeremy Macklin in your <laughs> league. Never heard of him. Or if he uh, has been on your bench to plug him in and play. Okay. Uh, last week. Uh, He's Thursday, widely available, I think. I, I think yeah. he is. Last yeah. week on uh, Thursday Night Football, on that before Joe Flacco went down with his concussion, mm-hmm. he and Macklin had hooked up on three or four targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. Down. Yeah, like they were they were cooking, and now they get the Titans' pass defense, which is just bad. That's a good point. So Flacco has had ten days. He's uh, been practicing all week. Should get cleared from the concussion protocol. If he does not play, don't play Macklin. But if he does, I think Macklin's a great, especially with just a million teams. I think he's on already by. cleared. I think Flacco cleared. Flacco did clear. Flacco okay, cleared. yeah. Last yeah, yeah. I saw, he hadn't. But so this the, he's a great one to just pick up and play right away. Cleared to be elite. <laughs> uh, deep sleeper from me, Curtis Samuel, for all the reasons we highlighted before. All right, Word. let's get into NGS. Um, and, and this week we're talking about tight window throws. Um, I, I guess explain to me what tight window throws are, Matt Harmon. Yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, next-gen stats that we have because I think, you know, this is more like a grand view topic of NGS in general, but I think the – the data is at its best when it can help us quantify things that we already like talk about. And everybody talks about tight window throws, but now with the tracking chips in the player's shoulder pads, we can obviously yeah. objectively measure, you know, when a quarterback is throwing to receiver who has less than a yard of separation from the defenders covering him. So that's what NGS quantifies as a tight window throw. Uh, this week, I, th- I would, I think a, an applicable situation to look at is the difference between Cam Newton and Tyrod Taylor throwing into tight windows. Cause obviously Kelvin Benjamin, uh, not really known as a natural separator. No. Uh, his 2.9, 2.89 yards of separation on all of his routes falls below the NFL average of 2.9. It, it, that's actually up from his 2.6 from last year, so I guess that's worth noting. But over 31% of Benjamin target, Benjamin's targets in Carolina have come in tight coverage. Okay. Uh, and now what's interesting about that is Tyrod Taylor – 
has thrown just 13.3% of his passes into tight coverage this season. That's the fifth lowest in the NFL. Clearly, he's not a guy that likes to drill those tight window throws. And that's continuing from last season when his 14% of tight window passes was the third fewest among qualifying quarterbacks. So it does make them, to me, seem like on the surface uh, a bit of a clunky fit. Now, but what's interesting is that Taylor's been super effective throwing into tight windows this season. He has the seventh highest passer rating and the mm. second best yards per attempt at 7.1. So I think that with a new weapon, perhaps we could see him be more willing to throw into those tight windows. I mean, and he's throwing to, you know, to guys like Zay Jones and Andre Holmes and, and whatever, these goofball wide receivers in, in, in tight coverage. So, and, and additionally, going back to the Carolina side, Cam Newton has been one of the worst throwing into tight windows. He's thrown 19% of his passes into tight windows this season. That's actually down from when he led the NFL at 24% last season. But he has the 23rd best yards or completion percentage into tight windows, 28th in yards per attempt, and 31st in passer rating with 33.6. So bad. There's a lot I can kind of talk about. I feel like I saw every reaction possible to this Kelvin Benjamin trade, not from a fantasy perspective, but from just a real life, you know, what does it mean for both teams? Okay. And I feel like I can kind of, even just with this stat, talk myself into both sides. You know, I I do think that it's, it could be a potential quarterback upgrade, honestly, for, for Kelvin Benjamin going from Cam Newton to Tyrod Taylor, because Newton just has not shown that ability to throw into tight windows. uh, Whereas, Tyra Taylor in limited looks has. And from a real-life perspective, I think about what Buffalo wants to get done offensively. I, I mean, this is a, a run-heavy team, obviously. Kelvin Benjamin, you talk about these tight windows. Defenses are going to be forced, almost forced, to go single coverage on Kelvin Benjamin just because, again, it's not like you're going to be sliding a safety over to stop Kelvin Benjamin when LaShawn McCoy is out there just mashing everybody up front. So, I don't know. You know, I, I love the, uh, the tight window you know, NGS stat, and and for me, I think you're right. I think it's an upgrade for him at quarterback, and I wonder, too, if it's going to be favorable from him from a real-life fantasy perspective, uh, excuse me, a real-life football perspective, just given the overall scheme fit. So uh, we will move on. Let's talk about EDG every damn game. If you want to get the fantasy matchups and you need that info in your life, and why would you not go to NFL.com? slash fantasy matchups against nfl.com slash fantasy matchups let's go to the early games it is an nfc south battle it's the buccaneers taking on new orleans matt franchise what do you got yeah this is projected to be a pretty high scoring game uh because both offenses are pretty good and both defenses are mediocre at best yes indeed. Uh, so I'm you're probably pretty much just starting everyone you have that's a, a major fantasy player in this game. It's a good spot for Doug Martin, who's been mediocre the last few weeks. Uh, you're going to fire up Mike Evans. Cameron Brace has been one of the most consistent tight ends in it's been crazy, fantasy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're probably going to start Jameis Winston with six teams on by. Got to watch his uh, injury status, though, just in case. Yeah, I saw a thing on Roto World. Yeah, he said he feels better, but... The other thing with Winston is he's very turnover prone. So he has eight Indeed. turnovers, six picks, two fumbles lost in the seven games the Bucks have played, which kind of creates a nice upside for the Saints defense. Who've been playing much who've, better. Who've as been well. playing a lot better, yeah. You're going to start Drew Brees. Uh, but as James Co. pointed out in Co. Knows, NFL.com slash Co. Knows, the Saints <laughs> have been much more run heavy this yeah. season. So I think you can safely start Ingram and Kamara. The Bucks defense isn't great. Uh, and another maybe sleeper kind of guy, our, our buddy over at Number Fire, J.J. Zacharyson, yeah. mentioned that he likes Ted Ginn this week. Ted Ginn? Because the Bucks have a bottom five secondary. Brent Grimes is injured, might not play. Uh, 
you're obviously risking the gin drop scenario, Indeed. but you kind of know that going in, and six teams are on by. You might need help at wide receiver. I like it, man. I like it a lot, as a matter of fact. All right, L.A. Rams taking on the New York football Giants. Gelhard, what do you got? All right, so real quick, we'll get yes. the Giants out of the way. The only two players you should feel confident starting are Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. This I'm really week. excited to see what Sterling Shepard's Shepard does back. as the number one. It's good news. Uh, as I said last on Monday's podcast, the Giants wide receivers, three of them <laughs> over two games, seven catches, 67 <laughs> yards. Abysmal. Uh, Evan Ingram's an every week play oh, yeah. at tight end these days. I think Darkwa is a is a decent start, especially with uh, oh, six teams so. on by. No, the Rams give up the six most uh, rushing yards per game to opposing backs. Okay. Darkwa's the leader. He's been playing like 48% of the snaps, and then the other guys are splitting the other like 50%, like 20 to 20 kind of situation. So right. it's he's a standard league play, though. Like PPR, there's probably better pass-catching backs you could target in uh, higher-scoring gotcha. games. But yes. that I mean, that's it for the Giants there. We don't need to discuss anybody else. And then on the flip side, I think Goff's a pretty good streamer this week. The Giants have been giving up a bunch of points. We mentioned Tyler Higby as well. They've given up touchdowns, touchdowns to, <laughs> to tight ends every week. Yeah. And then I think this could be a decent spot for, like, all of the wide receivers, especially, as we mentioned, so many teams <laughs> on by. Uh, Janoris Jenkins has had a team enforced suspension, so that's going to have a domino effect in the secondary. That's right. Don't know if Dominic rogers Camardi is going to kick outside, if he's going to stay inside. They're going to play. I forget. Who's the other guy they have? Eli Apple. Not Eli Apple. The one other than him who played the last time rogers Camardi was suspended. Anyways, Sammy Watkins plays uh, most of his snaps at the left wide receiver spot per yeah. hat, and that's where Janoris Jenkins has primarily played. He's right. shadowed a little bit, but uh, most of the time he's Watkins is that. at least playable now this right. week. Right, right. I think he's. I think he could be in the mix. Like it's it could a be total a, dart throw. You total, know the, they're yeah. all, all three of them yeah. are dart throws, but, I mean, Woods has been the most consistent from PPR, yeah. and then Cup is the one that finds the end zone the most. So I think they're all – I mean, and Todd Gurley were obviously playing him, but I think all those guys could be in the mix with six teams on by right. and the Giants secondary already not being as strong as it was last year and missing its top corner. Strength versus strength. Denver taking on Philadelphia in Philadelphia. It's the no-fly zone versus the passing attack led by Carson Wentz. Matt Harmon, what do you see? <sighs> We've got Brock Osweiler back in our lives. Guys. Oh, God. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty upset about it. I, I, I'm not going to lie. The news is distressing. I mean, it's, it sucks for Trevor Simeon, who started off the year so Team hot, Trevor. And, yeah, Team Trev is officially in the tank. Yeah. Uh, we've – you know, I guess it just sucks. It like, hasn't he just, even been his fault, man. No, it has. He's – I mean, it, things are going wrong around him, but, like, he just has completely lost his confidence. Like, you could see it at the end of that Kansas City game that he's, like – he just had that look about him. Like, I can – like, the same look that, speaking of the Eagles, Nelson Aguilar had last year when they interviewed him <laughs> on the side – or in the <laughs> locker room. And he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Trevor had that same look. I got like, you. I get what you're saying. I don't know what's going on. And so you can clearly see he's just lost his confidence and, like – it's unfortunate that they have no other alternatives to turn to but frickin' Brock Osweiler, who is just going to suck the life out of every offense that he ever plays in. Downgrade for the wide receivers. Right, who weren't doing all that well anyways. Right. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders might be back in this game. Sucks to, that we're getting in with, with Brock. I mean, you're kind of just – it's hard to sit yeah. DT and Sanders, especially. It's, with it's basically like highs. you're probably going to play him, but good luck to you. Are you though? Floor plays. Who are you going to play over him? I don't know. I'd rather play Mac Hollins at this point. No, I mean, oh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, with Brock what? Osweiler out there, what is in that coffee cup? I don't know. You know what? Maybe that's what we need to do a beer bet. Brock Osweiler, Emmanuel Sanders. Is that what we need? What about it? What about it? Collins, Emmanuel Sanders. Exactly. What did I say? Yeah. Give me in on that. All right. Hey, great. Let's go. Oh, God. I hate that I just tied a beer to Brock. 
Anyways. Why did you do that to yourself? Because I believe in Sanders. Okay. Anyways. All right. And I believe in targets and volume and all that crap. <laughs> all that crap. Uh, the backfield is interesting because uh. I think right now, Devontae Booker's really trending up. He's been yeah, good buddy. as a receiver. He's yeah. playing a lot of snaps. Jamal Charles has played himself out of that backup role, man. I think he's been all right when he's gotten touches, but it, they re, he really killed him with that fumble right away in, in KC. But not only that, I mean, he's had fumbling issues this yeah. year for whatever reason. So yeah, I don't know what it is, but but you're right. And they have no incentive to not continue to play Booker because That's what I'm saying, they yeah. invested draft capital in him. You know, C.J. Anderson is just a guy. So I think they are going to continue to play Booker. He should be owned pretty much across all fantasy formats uh, to me right now. Uh, and in this game, he could be interesting if, if, the, uh, if the Eagles really take it to the Broncos and get ahead uh, and the Broncos can't put up points, he could be catching a lot of passes because that's what his role has been. So I definitely like Booker a lot in this spot. Um, like I said, should be owned everywhere. Eagles, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of playing with, with fire here, starting the wide receivers. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey had his big game last week, but still only caught two of eight targets. We talked about how volatile he's going to continue to be right. going forward. Probably want to say side against playing him, but again, six teams on by. What are you really going to do? True. Nelson Aguilar, tough matchup. He hasn't been seeing a lot of volume. Right. Zach Ertz is the guy here. I mean, Travis Kelsey caught all of his or got all of his targets when he was either lined up in the slot or out wide against the Broncos. Zach Ertz is second most only to Kelsey in catches when lined up in the slot or out wide. So I think he is in a great spot here. Obviously one of the top tight end players on the board. Absolutely. Um, Carson Wentz is, is – this is going to be a big test for him with the offensive line injuries and the way that Denver can uh, – they're the ninth-highest blitz team. And Carson Wentz's completion percentage against the blitz is one of the four, is the fourth lowest among starting quarterbacks this year. So okay. big test for him, but I, th- I think you're still playing Carson Wentz because yeah. he's, he's been smashing everybody. By All the right. way, just a note to add on Zach Ertz's matchup, the Broncos allow the second-most yards per game to tight ends, 77.6, and that's despite their week one game against the Chargers when Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry were just non-existent. Wow. This, is, this is what, what teams like – the Jaguars are this way too. Baltimore, to a certain extent, is like this. And Denver's another one that when they have these great perimeter corners, uh, and in Denver's case, even a really great slot corner, teams attack them by just going up the middle. Even if they're not necessarily – maybe they have good coverage players there, they don't want to throw into the teeth of the defenses outside. And New York right. was this way last year when they had – Janoris Jenkins playing at peak form that you could really beat him up with the tight end. So I think it's right. a, something when you see these teams with these good outside cornerbacks, you want to think about playing tight ends against them because that's how teams are showing that they game plan for those defenses. The Colts taking on the Houston Texans. Matt Franchise, what do you got? Yeah, the Texans are on fire and they're coming back home. So you're starting all four of Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, and Lamar Miller. Yep. Uh, not much analysis. That Neither offense there, is right? just exactly. that offense is cooking. So you're what are you doing with front. the Colts? Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I had him as a streamer. I kind of uh, like he's, him here. He's been pretty good in favorable matchups, and the Texans secondary presents a favorable matchup. Exactly. Uh, so he's a streamer if you need help with six teams on by. I think I would roll Marlon Mack out there. Scored a touchdown last week, has two double-digit games since coming back from injury. I think he's more explosive, has Sounds more like upside like than Frank too. Gore. Yeah. 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 Uh, and T.Y. Hilton's been a ghost the last three weeks. Right. Uh, there was a report that they need to get him the ball. Obviously, they need to get him the ball. Who knows if it'll be this week, but against the Houston secondary, kind of like it. Can I just and say incredible like damage control attempt by, by Indianapolis that they openly put T.Y. Hilton on the, on the trade market, and then literally after the trade deadline passed, they had a press conference saying, we need to get T.Y. Hilton the ball more. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, oh, oh, also, okay. oh okay. <laughs> okay. Just to add in this note, I don't put a ton of stock into these game splits, but – 
uh, Hilton has just mashed the Texans over his career. He averages just shy of six catches for 94 yards, and seven of his 31 career touchdowns, nearly 23%, have come against Houston. He, I, I, but I agree with you. Normally I don't put like a lot of stock into that, but there is, I think, a, and I always do, but I do when there's a reason for it, and I think there's a reason for this one because the Texans play inside, and T.Y. also smashes when he's in ho- at home as opposed to on the road when yeah. he's outside on grass or whatever. Right. So I think it's just an extension of that. Yeah. And uh, just one more thing, Jack Doyle, I think, is the most reliable pass catcher in Indy right now. 32 yeah. targets, 25 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns over his last What was that game games? where he couldn't catch a damn thing? That was Monday night was against, against the Titans. Titans. And I completely rage-dropped him in he, so many leagues. He did get a touchdown that he game. Got a touchdown that game. But he had, what, so like 14 targets last week? Yeah. yeah. We talked about it Monday. But never never rage-drop, bro. I know. <laughs> I'm so upset with myself. Rage-chise. Rage-chise. Uh, in the later games, we got Washington taking on Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? I think this is a sneaky uh, shootout game as well because Earl Thomas feels like a long, seems like a long shot to oh, play no after way he he's pulled, pulled yeah. his hamstring. I mean, he's like a super long shot, <laughs> yeah. which is good news for Kirk Cousins and them because uh, – hold on, where is that stat? Uh, okay, so with Thomas on the field, Seahawks have allowed uh, 16 passing touchdowns and picked off 17 passes on about 650 pass attempts since 2016. Okay. Without Thomas, they've allowed nine touchdowns and just two picks on under 200 passing plays. So it's a huge jump in how efficient teams can be against them without Earl Thomas. Everyone talks about Richard Sherman. Earl Thomas is the the linchpin of that defense, man. Yeah. Uh, So that's good news for Kirk Cousins. I mean, the the, the receivers, though, like, I still don't want to trust any of them. Crowder's got a hamstring. I mean, maybe Doxon, but, like, just get get Kirk Cousins. Don't worry about the pass catchers. Chris Thompson should be a good start. I like Vernon Davis. Though. I, I was know, just going to say, say Vernon, Vernon Davis. Davis with Reed out. Davis, is, as yeah. Franchise noted in a streaming article, uh, leads the team in receiving over the last four weeks. I like it. Um, and the and that like the middle of the field, especially with Earl Thomas out, will be a great spot for Vernon Davis, who's turning back the clock to run. And then. Much like with the Texans, I mean, we don't really need to add more analysis to the Seahawks than this passing offense is on freaking fire. And, like, everybody's in play this week. It's yeah. November, so Seahawks Let's trending go. up. Yep. <laughs> Cards taking on the 49ers. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Woof. Well, hopefully this is one of Woof. the last, last times. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be sad. No, this is C.J. Beathard v. Drew Stanton. Yeah. I think this was the shortest amount of time it's ever taken me to write up a game and match up. Yeah, ho- hopefully this so is the last funny. time we see uh, C.J. beat hard and uh, we move along from that era of NFL football. But he might, like you said, might not even be the worst quarterback in this game with Drew Stanton on the other side. Oh. I guess you can play Larry Fitzgerald as a volume play for, for with a team with all these teams on by, but that's p- literally it from the Cardinals side. Side. Uh, and then what about Adrian Peterson? Forty Nine ers defense against the run yeah, has just been atrocious. I, I see James's point because it's not like the the Forty Nine ers are going to get ahead. I think, and then you know, I, I could see this being a game where they just give Peterson twenty five carries, and yeah. they have been really bad against the run. So I'm with you. Peterson is is a good play uh, simply because this isn't a situation where he's going to get game scripted out. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the ball with the Forty Nine ers, if Pierre Garcon plays and he draws shadow coverage from Patrick Peterson. I think Marcus Goodwin is interesting because that's just been the trend all year is that other number two receivers rip up those secondary cornerbacks, and all it takes is one big play from Marcus Goodwin to to make your week. So I think if you're desperate, again, six teams on by, I think you definitely play Marcus Goodwin. Uh, I don't feel great about Peterson, but if there's another encouraging fact, uh, the Cardinals' running play percentage predictably increases with Stanton under center from about 38.5% to 44.2. Big jump. Volume, volume, volume. But, I mean, that offensive line is bad, and they're not going to respect the pass. So that's – I guess. I'm concerned about it. Yeah. 
49ers banged up on defense too. But KC taking on Dallas in Dallas. Franchise, what you got? Fantasy points for everyone. Yeah, man. It's yeah. projected to be the highest scoring game of the week. Yeah. Alex Smith is, uh, you know, he's he didn't have such a hot game against Denver, but I mean it's Denver, it's Denver. so you're starting yeah. Alex Smith. He Kareem, played well, just not big. He did play well. Right, right, right. Uh, Kareem Hunt, only player in the NFL with a, over a thousand scrimmage yards. Amazing. Hello. Fire him up. People Where's are freaking out because he hasn't been scoring touchdowns, but he's still one of the high volume. You start him every week. Don't don't yeah. freak out. Travis Kelsey uh, leads all tight ends in receptions with 44 and receiving yards 556. Starting Travis Kelsey, I think you start Tyreek Hill too. Oh, yeah. We were talking about this before the pod. He's still a top 10 wide receiver in PPR and standard despite some volatility this week. Uh, he's had some very quiet weeks, but he's also had some spike weeks. Uh, so I you think can't this, not play him, man. Yeah, yeah I think this Dallas. is one of the weeks. Dallas's secondary is very it's questionable. Not, not good. They've the if you look at the. The stats from the last two weeks, it shows that Dallas's defense has played better, but they've played San Francisco in a broken Washington I, offense. And I think, too, this game, I think it's going to play faster. I think there's going to be more plays in this game than, than what you would normally expect. For sure. And I then, I and think, then oh, sorry, I was going to say deep sleeper. Maybe Demarcus Robinson gets back in the mix. Didn't Albert said. Wilson get injured? Well, it, either no. way, even even if Albert Wilson is out there, Demarcus Robinson is playing so many snaps. Yeah, he's taking Chris Conley's like I take a lot of snaps and really don't do much for fantasy role. He but I think basically run be, nine you know, routes and try to get I mean, the other secondary last, tired. Last week he had a target, yeah. um, but the two weeks prior he had decent decent volume. So he if did, this yeah. does turn into a shootout, that's that's the type of game you'd be interested. in. Exactly, that's why I'm saying it. Dallas secondary isn't great. They yeah. can put up points. See, it. Kansas City secondary isn't great. If you're desperate, right? Exactly. Uh, so, you, and you're starting Dak, you're starting Dez, and you're rolling a dice on the Dallas Had running backs. Sunday night football, Oakland taking on Miami. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? <sighs> Matt Matt Moore in this Dolphins offense, man. It's uh, <sighs> Jay Cutler's going to be back. <laughs> Jay Cutler. <laughs> what does it matter? Great. Forget Great. about Miami. Huge Talk upgrade. About, forget about Miami because well, Devontae Parker might be back. That's that's the <sighs> that thing. Is, that is exciting. I, I guess like the Oakland secondary is uh, is weak, <laughs> so you can you can start you know Parker. And it Landry should be mentioned that he's coming back. That's yeah. True. No, very it's true. Place. I'm just like this game is it's an island game. Yeah. I'm not very excited <laughs> about it. No. Um, and the Miami defense hasn't been god awful. I mean, despite the fact that they no, got been good. they got boat raced on Thursday night football. They're bad pass defense. Yeah, bad pass defense. So I think Crabtree, Cook is in a good spot. Cooper, you want to start those guys. Carr, maybe this is a chance to get get back going with him. I don't really want to touch the backfield now that Marshawn Lynch is coming back because they're all going to be splitting up work. Yeah. And then for the Miami backs, I think like I'm leaning Kenyon Drake. I know yep. they said it's going to be a committee, but Drake was Gase's guy. He got the first reps right. up after that. And, like, if you want to attach yourself to one guy, at least we know he is an explosive athlete with, like, right. big play potential from his time at Alabama. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Hey, uh, the Raiders secondary NFL record have not garnered no intercepted a pass this week. Does Jake Cutler finally acquiesce to that request? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. Monday Night Football. By the football, way, yes. it's an inflection for point. Vocab for acquiesce, acquiesce and uh, garner in there. Uh, well, you it. know, I've been known to write words. Okay. Monday Night Football, Detroit taking on Green Bay in Lambeau. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Detroit's offense put up a lot of yards, did not score a touch, uh, many touchdowns there. Stop Zero. running the yeah. ball. <laughs> I don't know. In goal-to-go situations, please stop. The Lions right now are a weird offense just because I think you can play Matt Stafford in this contest just because, you know, it should be relatively good game script for him. 
don't want to mess around with the backfield, really only want to play Golden Tate among the pass catchers. The more interesting discussion is, is with Green Bay coming off a bye. Yeah. Do we find out if Brett Hundley is actually bad for sure in this game? But you don't want to play Marv Jones? He's been seeing a lot of volume, man. Fine. I mean, fine. It's, it's the Green Bay secondary. Exactly. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Whatever. If you want to play Marvin Jones, that's fine. Six I just, teams are on a bye. It's He's just, been averaging 11 targets per game over his last three. That's pretty good. Fine. Yeah, Harmon. <laughs> but he only do, like he just don't, he like only pops up for a big game every once in a while. This, I'm not saying he's efficient, but this you could. Know. I mean, sure, this could be the moment. He just he's not a guy I'm ever like. Yeah, let me get Marvin Jones into my lineup. I got you. You know, it just. Just, but you're yeah. right. I think the big storyline will be what's up with Brett Hundley. I am yeah. not looking forward to Island game tilting over Brett yeah. Hundley being the awful on national television. Or Aaron great. Jones, though. He's I mean, he great. has been awful under pressure. He's been he hasn't completed a tight window pass yet. Brett Hundley's just not been good. But uh, maybe coming it's one off game. Well, it's one and a half. But okay, I'm one just and a half I'm just saying he's not been good. That's a fact. I'm just okay. reporting the facts. Okay. This could be this could All be right. a situation where he gets right coming off a bye against a, a secondary that is up and down. Obviously, they got ripped up for a big play uh, from Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Can Smith. Can you play Jordy Nelson given the fact that it's Brett Hundley, given the fact that Darius Slay is likely to track him? I see. I, I don't Slay view. Goes down I don't. Adams. I don't view Darius Slay as like this cornerback that. I'm, like, afraid to play people again. I totally hear what you're saying, but he's a high-quality corner. And, and again, even though I have uh, high aspirations for Brett Hundley, I mean, realistically, he's not a great quarterback, right? So if he does the smart thing, he's going to avoid that matchup. I guess. But uh, if they get in the red zone, Jordy is one of the Jordy's best the guy, threats. Yeah. Plus, the last like can, five years in there, you can lock him in mostly for, for like to be one of the two team leaders and targets uh, here in this game. So I think I'm going to side to play Jordy and and Devonte Adams too. Okay, yeah, there, I mean, there's a non-zero percent chance that Slay tracks Adams around the field. That That's a good point. We've Adams seen has the Vi- been we've seen the Vikings roads shatter them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I think I side with playing those guys and uh, Aaron enough. Jones. I mean. Must that's, play. that's the guy. Must that's, play. That's Please. the guy for the rest of the way. Can I just uh, be a total contrarian here and just uh, I'll just throw this out into the universe? But uh, you know, with the with the bye week, I, I just I'm kind of curious to see what that workload split will be uh, with Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones because I kind of feel like Ty kind of came back a little early from the, that rib injury. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he's getting a little bit healthier. I, I wonder if he starts it. to sneak I, a few more snaps away from it's Aaron a, Jones. It's a fine fear. I just really hope like. T- it, they that's their job is to watch the tape and on tape Jones is Jones is way, far and yes. away hundred the percent. They can find ways to use Ty Montgomery yeah, they as an outlet him. receiver, uh, you know, in a theoretic type role. That's what I'm hoping to see. But I would hope. But that isn't he that doesn't. Mike McCarthy ball though? Is to just split that backfield work up for whatever. To, yeah. Go back to the veteran. Well, yeah. he was always. It was always like a. I mean, Lacey would have like 200 some carries and Starks would have like a hundred mixing in. <sighs> James Starks, my God. <laughs> the Stark score, man. Stark That's one score. of our, our favorites uh, from NGS. I love it. All right, which, which was quick aside, if you've yeah. forgotten from last year, it was the yards run uh, in relation to gain, per yeah. yard gain. Yeah. And Starks was like, wasn't he at like 50 yeah. for a while? Because he, he bumps everything outside. To the sideline. And yeah. he had like what, that one year where he had like 12 carries for a yard, and he had ran like 50 yards per <laughs> yard gain. It's amazing. Amazing. All right, if you want the rest of the matchups, go to the website. Uh, again, NFL.com slash fantasy matchups for the matchups on Atlanta versus Carolina, Cincinnati versus the Jags, and Baltimore taking on Tennessee. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. 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 All right, Alex Gilhart kicks off. I'm going to give a daily dap to commas. What? 
And here's why. Okay. I don't know if you guys have Nerd. seen this story. No, no, no. This is for a reason. I've seen this story going around, but apparently in Louisiana, mm-hmm. there was a guy that was being interrogated by the police. Yes. And uh, he, at the point when you request an attorney, the uh, questioning is supposed to stop. Yes. And it got to the point he said, just give me a lawyer, dog. And uh, when they wrote up that thing, the person, the clerk or whatever, did not put a comma in there. Oh. So then that went to the Louisiana Supreme Court, and they ruled that uh, they were okay to continue questioning him because it was ambiguous, and he could have been asking for, and I quote, a lawyer dog. Like, as in a canine what? to defend him, as opposed to just saying, give me a lawyer, comma, dog, what? as the colloquialism. What? This is a real honest-to-God story wow. in 2017 where a court was like, I guess he could have actually been asking for a dog to represent him in the court of law. What? All because there wasn't a comma in the thing. Whoa. Sim- so simply because somebody did not include the comma there, uh, no. then the uh, court no. had reason of- enough to believe, like, well, if he just said if he said lawyer dog, like, maybe he actually wanted a lawyer dog. <laughs> Un- it's one of the stupidest things I've ever read in my life. What so state do- was this? So when, we start, so when oh. we start talking, do we need to start talking and then also including – the actual punctuation as well. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those cases where, like, it's in you know politics when like full stop. Like, yeah. <laughs> just give me a lawyer. Full, full stop, stop. Dog. dog. <laughs> so, like, it's like when you're doing voice to text, you have to say comma or right? period. But like, I when I saw that story, because at first yesterday I just saw people joking about like a lawyer dog, and I was like, okay, this must be some silly story. But then I like actually read the story, and I was like, what? So commas, Un- everybody, they're important. Un- wow. Unbelievable. Full stop. Uh, <laughs> franchise, what do you got? Uh, I've daily daps the World Series on the last baby. two pods because it's been unreal, and yeah, it ended been... last night. God, daily daps to the sad. Houston Astros. Kind of a very, disappointing very game sad. to end it on, It sucked, man. Every like... game was so good, and the Dodgers were just out of it in the second inning yeah. before it, it yeah. could even get started, and yeah. they had their chances. They had men on base in a lot of innings and couldn't bring anyone around yep. ex- until the sixth inning. They got that one run, but it was a great World Series, and uh, yeah, overall, daily daps. Yep, there you go. That's it. Uh, I will give a daily daps to a hip-hop comedian uh, mm. named Big Shaq. Hip-hop? Hip-hop? Uh, he's got this video out. It's called "Man's Not Hot." That's the uh, that's the song. "Man's Not Hot." And the premise, th- basically, Big Shaq is a combination of Rich Chiga and Dave Chappelle's character Fisticuffs, the guy who says, "Turn my headphones up." Turn my headphones up. Turn my headphones up. Turn them up. Um, it's a combination of that because he can actually spit rhymes, but they're so nonsensical. I- anyways, I just would I would encourage folks to go find Big Shaq. Man's not hot. This video is so popular uh, online, and the <laughs> single is like a top ten track in Britain right now, which right, is just what unbelievable. Anyways, go check it out. It's absolutely hysterical. the The whole point of the the uh, the video is he's wearing his parka in Miami on the beach in the sauna, and and he's just saying a man's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 cold. A man is cold. I, I don't. Okay, whatever. It's but it's great. Later. I'm I'm obsessed. By the way, with Big Shaq. I will say, as somebody obsessed. who has watched most of the dumb videos James has recommended on <laughs> his, his hit rate is pretty damn high. I try, I tend not to put that kind of stuff on these things unless it. I actually am like, oh my god, this is brilliant. But no, there was the freestyle rapper guy yes. who was amazing, and then uh, it was uh, Llama Llama Red Pajama. Llama Llama Red Pajama that was, was great. That was yep. solid. Okay, all right. So there you go, uh, Matt Harmon. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to give a daily dap. You know, as we're uh, preparing to move out of uh, 
out of our current Casa apartment, Casa Gil Harmon. Uh, I'm beginning to you know think about all these like these places that of convenience near me yes. that uh, I'm you know used to going to. I can walk to, uh, right. and one of which is Charlie's groomer uh, because. He just has got a he's just got a new haircut. <laughs> and he looks haircut. incredible. I mean, this is the best I've ever seen him. And it's like, <laughs> He looks incredible. And it looks so I good. I texted my sister oh my yesterday God. and I was like, go to Matt's Instagram and look yeah. at the latest picture of Charlie. Yeah. Right. So there's a photo on my Instagram. Okay. The same as my Twitter handle, Matt Harmon underscore BYB if you're interested in going and checking it out. Boy young boy. Uh but Anyways, it's the best I've ever seen him look since we've moved out here. You know, they're okay. they're in a okay. they're in a look rhythm. How cute that Way to daps right. yourself, bro. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, so he looks good. It's looking good. Yeah. Okay. Erica approves. Yeah, anyway, no, Erica does not approve. She's got a disgusted look on her face, and Thor looks like he's triggered. <laughs> Thor's like, I'm triggered, man. Podcast pup today. There is, uh, you know, it's, it's so I'm going to give a daily dap to them. They've done they've done incredible work, and now okay. I have to. They're they're in a rhythm with him here after you know going there for two years. Got it. Uh, now I have to face the the consequence of like, ah, do I just go somewhere where I can walk, or do I just keep driving to this one? You know, terrible. Yeah, it's rough. You're not going to drive there. Let's be realistic. It's a, it's LA, bro. Yeah, that's LA. a real that's yeah. a real issue. It is a real issue because it's yeah. like I know there's a couple places in walking distance, but do I want to start all over when I can of just course. when I can just walk in, put them on the table, and be like, you know what to do? And right, like, we've got all his and he trusts them. Yeah, and it's rough. My dog is the same hey, way. Well, again, I mean, Charlie is a he's a he's a people pleaser. He doesn't need to worry about right, trusting people. You you right. could uh, drive him up there and then go to the gulp while you wait. Well, we both know that's not going to happen. Shut up, James. <laughs> <laughs> Gulp forever, baby. <laughs> you just said you weren't going to go to the Gulp. Of course I'm going to the Gulp. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going on Friday, the last time. Shh, Ever. How dare you. I'm Ever. Not going to you. You're not welcome. I'm calling management ahead of time and telling them not to allow you in. <laughs> Producer Erica, what do you got? Uh, I got a puppy on my lap. You do. Thor. So. True. I'm Again, good. I think Thor is actually better looking than Charlie. Thor is the what man. What do you think about that? I oh. agree. Matt is so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike Throne. We've okay. had consecutive yes. walk-offs. He I feels know, attacked. Good. He does feel Thor attacked. Thor is That's super cute, though. Thor is a very yeah, cute okay. puppy. Good looking dog. Okay. Thanks. Um, you're, uh, you're going to Boston? I am, yeah. So he's chilling with me at NFL today, and okay. then uh, we're going to head to LAX. Perfect. Oh, nice. He's Beautiful. been a great. He's been a great guest. Like, yeah. I've you never would have so guessed, chill. Never guessed there was a dog in this. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a little squirmy lately, but. <laughs> All mean, right, that's the show. There you go for Matt Harmon, for Matt Franchise, for Alex Gelhar, for Thor, and producer Erica. <laughs> I'm James Go. We'll catch you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.